morning, everyone. It is Friday, the 8th of July, end of another week. Henry, what's happened overnight? Well, thanks, Ben. Well, overnight, we did see a much more positive sentiment to the US. It is still quiet over there. Volume's still light. It is their summer silly season to some extent. So you have to take some of the moves with a little bit of a grain of salt. But there was some fears that maybe the recession that they had to have won't happen after all, although some people do say they're already in a recession. As a result, the Dow was up 347 points or 0.1.1%. Uh, we also had the NASDAQ. NASDAQ up 2.3% and the S&P 500, as always in the middle for diddle, up around 1.5%. So that was the good news. We also had some good news for commodity buffs in terms of commodity prices last night were pretty good on the LME. We are seeing a bounce in copper up 4 and a bit percent and the oil price also rallied as well up nearly 4%. So mining stocks had a big lift overseas and we're seeing that lift today in our mining sector as well. So that was all positive. So pretty much a positive end to the week. Ben, I have to say, it's not racing away because we are still relatively quiet as well. A lot of people on school holidays and there are also a lot of fund managers out there writing end of year reports from the last financial year. So uh, keeping a few players sidelined, but a far more positive feel to things, especially in the resource space. Very nice. Thank you, Henry. We like a positive end to the week. Tom, are we going to get it locally? Thank you, Ben. I think we will. The market is on track to finish 2.5% higher. ASX 200 up 47 points when I wrote my notes. Energy and miners, as Henry was just saying, are outperforming. BHP and Rio both up more than 2%. Woodside and Santos also doing well. They are both up 3%. Consumer staples and healthcare names, however, are a bit weaker. Coles down 1%. Woolworths down 1% as well. Magellan is sliding 6%. They are still bleeding funds. Net outflows of $5.2 billion in the June quarter. And St. Barbara, SBM, is up 3%. They had some production numbers out and they said guidance was achieved. Tonight, we have US non-farm payrolls, which will be keenly watched and just signposting some economic events. Next week, US inflation data is the main event. We have local unemployment data as well. China has a GDP number on Friday and we don't have anything from the RBA. There is one FOMC member speaking. Thank you, Thomas. Len, what's happening with the brokers? Thank you, Ben. So I saw this one this morning. Marcus put in, in the fresh ideas section. It was a day RSI buy signal and it is Chalice Mining, that's CHN. So Macquarie has some commentary out about the drilling program at Julema, which according to Macquarie returned a key positive result for the group. Assay results are expected in the next six weeks, but the broker notes that early indications suggest both steel and copper are present. So Macquarie has retained an outperform recommendation and their target price of $7.30, which implies an 83% upside. And also a look at computer share that's CPU. They've got four-year results in about a month. Macquarie is looking past this though, predicting a 5.9% growth in the coming financial year, despite the impacts of the current inflationary environment. Macquarie highlights that forecasts also leave room for further upside in the year ahead. The broker has retained its outperform recommendation, but lowered its target price slightly to $35, but that still implies a 44% upside. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Leighton. Very nice. Henry, back to you. What have you got for Henry's take? My take, a few things happen today a few changes i am a holder of chalice like the story i'd be very surprised if they found steel latent but good luck to them if they do it's kind of hard to find in the natural state but it's certainly a pretty impressive set of drill results there from julimara they're pushing into the state forest which is good adding more chalice today adding some car as well k-a-r which is karoon oil and gas as a bit of a bounce play they have been oversold and did a few things yesterday bought some bubs as well at 55 and a half 
off. They did a placement at 52 and an entitlement issue there. But they got some good news again yesterday on the infant milk formula. So if they can't get it right this time, then they are absolutely hopeless. Having now geared up with uh, friendships with Biden and lots of cash in the bank to pursue that strategy as Abbott remains on the nose. And last, last night I was out and about in town at the Sydney Mining Club, which is always interesting to see the kind of turnout and who rocks up there. Some of old buddies of mine rocked up there. A few old fund managers bumped into. So that was always nice to see. And three companies presenting, two tungsten companies and one magnetite company in SA. High cost, I have to say, probably high returns in terms of quality. So that's an interesting one, but I'll probably write more on that next week. And I released the long-awaited, the much-anticipated On the Couch with Julian McCormack from Platinum Asset Management after their legal team said yes to his comments. But it's an interesting take from completely the other side to what fund managers will normally talk about in terms of buy the dip, diamond hands, hold, long-term portfolios, all that sort of stuff. Very well worth a listen to Julian. I think that's fair to say. It does give an alternate picture of what could or may happen going forward. But yeah, I'll leave it up to you to decide whether you agree or not. Very much looking forward to that. Thank you, Henry. Got a host of fresh ideas today. Chris, go to you first. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, you and I ran the ruler over some gambling stocks this morning. The one I'm taking a closer look at is Jumbo Interactive. And you recently wrote up the Lottery Corp and talked very well about the defensive earnings profile of lottery businesses. Jumbo Interactive is an extension of that. The earnings don't tend to fall as much during tough economic periods for lottery businesses, as opposed to even some of the other gambling companies, sports betting and things like that generally fall away. But everyone wants to still play the lotteries. Macquarie recently ran the ruler over gin and came to the same conclusion. They noted that 90% of earnings come from the highly resilient Australian lotteries industry. They also have a pretty exciting growth opportunity in the form of their software as a service offering. So in the same way that BetMakers provides the infrastructure for all the online sports betting companies, Gin provides the infrastructure for the lotteries businesses and they're trying to crack the US lottery market, more particularly the iLottery market, worth around $5 billion currently growing at 6% clip and that's been since 2016. And there's only 14 jurisdictions in the US that have legalized iLottery and there's another 46 to come. So to say that it's a massive opportunity is an understatement. And these guys have a product, their software as a service that is hard to replicate, would take a long time and cost a lot of money to try and replicate. So they're in the box seat, shall we say. Very nice. Thank you, Chris. I'll go straight to mine after that, seeing as it's in the same realm. You're right, Chris. There's a piece of research I've read last time when I did Lottery's Court, which is what you're referring to, that said during economic prosperity, lottery revenues go up. During economic downturns, lottery revenues still go up just by a smaller amount, whereas even in other gaming segments like casinos, where Aristocrat makes a lot of their money, they go up when the economy is going well, and then they plateau when the economy is going down. But you're still rather a plateauing revenue state than declining, which is what you get in a lot of the rest of the economy. So I've done Aristocrat Leisure very briefly. Everyone knows about Aristocrat. I think by now we've talked about it a lot. They've had some strong results in May, I think it was recently, really resilient revenues. They've had some good casino growth. Their digital department is doing quite well as well, better than what was expected from the brokers. They are a bit of a stock market stock, as we call them, relatively high beta stock. They will move in line with the market with some added volatility. Moral of the story is they're a prime candidate to be looking at buying when we get a bit more confidence in the market or when you're looking to dip your toes back in the water. They've got those resilient revenues. They've got a good story behind them. They've got some data behind them that supports their ability to stick it through cycles. So I'd be happy as having them up high on my watch list. Tom, you've got a fresh idea? I do. I've stolen this one from Chris. It's one of his favorites. 
medical imaging company, ProMedicus PME, Goldman upgraded yesterday. So I thought I'd have a look and the share price has also started to show some signs of life. It's up 5% today on the back of that upgrade. Brokers like it on the whole. There's not many covering, although the average target does suggest upside of 13%. PME in a bunch of new contracts over the last few weeks. And interestingly, they actually managed to renegotiate better terms on two renewal contracts, which doesn't normally happen in the industry. So a good result from them. Results in mid to late August could see margins shine. Margins were a standout in the half year results in February. There's an indication that momentum is continuing for the company's cloud-based offering, which is their main margin driver. So good news for PME and then it's doing well today, Ben. Very nice. Thank you, Tom. Marcus, I think you've got some stuff in the Fresh Ideas section as well. A couple of quick things, which are first theme is we're seeing a bit of a bounce in the last few days. It is coming in particular spaces and it is very short term. So we've got the jobs numbers tonight. We've got the CPI next week. We've got the US results season coming up. There are all sorts of signposts that suggest you don't make any big decisions today, but there is a bit of a bounce going on. And I've put up just to show you the short-term chart, the daily chart of the NASDAQ, which has got an RSI buy signal, and the weekly chart of the NASDAQ, which is heavily oversold with no buy signal. So it really is a short-term versus longer-term thing at the moment. The message is for investors, there's no sign of a significant bounce so far. Having said that, clearly some people will want to chase the current action in the market. Our market's up today, for instance. And I have isolated the sectors that have been doing well in the recent bounce. That includes, rather surprisingly, led by the bank sector, also healthcare, information, technology, consumer staples, and the all tech sector, and the the NASDAQ as well. All of those are beginning to bounce a little bit. I've put a list of the the stocks in market cap order that are seeing a bounce. And if you did want to play the game, there are some really clear ideas in there, apart from the banks and particularly Macquarie as well. There are healthcare stocks, high PE stocks. I think we've mentioned Aristocrat Leisure this morning and stocks like REA, Zero, Wise Tech, tech stocks as well, Seek, Domino's, ProMedicus on the list as well, and a host of others. So there are some stocks that are having a bounce, but the interesting bit about it, it's a really good list of stocks if the bond markets are going to continue to see lower yields. They haven't in the last three days. If they continue to see lower yields, then these are the stocks that are going to see the relief. So it's showing you the anatomy of those. Also, I've listed the ETFs and LICs that have started to move. And interestingly, some of the LICs like Australian United, which is effectively the ASX 300 has started to bounce. And there are a host of those as well, like Mirabrook uh, Investments as well, which is an, an old JB Weir LIC that covers the whole market. But the notable part of the bouncing ETFs is all the bond funds are suddenly in there. So you've seen relief in the bond market as yields come off and all the bond market ETFs have started to rally. Uh, so uh, that's the value add in the strategy piece today is just showing you the anatomy of the current bounce, which uh, may end on the jobs number tonight or the CPI number next week. But if it comes again, we've identified the sectors. The other bit in the strategy piece today is there are various sectors and other things.
things that are heavily oversold at the moment. They include the CRB commodity price index, aluminium price, gold price, tin price, zinc price, gold sector, the resources sector. There's an ETF over the resources sector too, in fact. Both of those are heavily oversold. And then there are a bunch of stocks, gold stocks, mineral resources, Oz minerals. The message is obvious. Resources are in a hole. And the bot, there is going to be a great buying opportunity in resources at some point. What we're going to need to see is an improvement in or a, a dissipation of growth fears and the market getting over its recession fears, as it is a little bit today. And when that happens, there is going to be a great resources buying opportunity. It's obviously not today. You'll be able to spot it because at the same time, the US dollar will top out. It seems as a safe haven currency. See the charts in the strategy piece. It's absolutely spiking at the moment on recession fears. That'll come off the top. At the same time, the Aussie dollar will bottom, which is a commodity currency that will do well when people stop worrying about recession. Bond yields, if they bottom out a little bit, you'll see it there. The CRB index, which is commodity price index, will bottom. Metal price will bottom. Resources sector will bottom. There will be a thousand signals of this turning around. But the message is the resources are in a sentiment hole. And it's when you get a sentiment hole that the best opportunities appear in the stock market. And the game is irrelevant of value is to look for where the market has driven a sector either on the up upside when it drove the NASDAQ or on the downside, which is where it's driven the resources sector. That's what opportunities are. The game now is spot the bottom on resources. It isn't here yet. But scary week ahead with a couple of big numbers and tonight. So I wouldn't be betting on anything today. And whilst I'm here, one other thing I think I would just mention or we want to mention to any listening non-members is that we will be putting this morning meeting podcast behind the subscription paywall as of the end of this month. We've decided that the value in this podcast is too much to be allowing access for non-members. And just a heads up to everybody, we will be putting this in the newsletter only for members only as of the end of this month. So if you want to keep listening to this, do the obvious thing. Very good. Thank you, Marcus. Staying on the topic of great podcasts, what's a good one you've listened to recently is our question of the day. Tom? I listened to a great TED talk on the power of sleep and the the title was Sleep is Your Superpower. And the comment that resonated with me was that particularly for males, males that sleep less than five hours a night compared to males that sleep eight hours, some elements of their physiology age them 10 years more for that three hours lack of sleep on average a night and your immunity falls down by half your cognition your memory it all suffers if you sleep less so i thought that was a good reason for me to get into bed earlier well you sleep most of the day tom anyway so oh. you're you're fine uh, yes. <laughs> i knew there was something coming my partner is a psychologist and they'd study sleep at uni as part of it and scientists don't actually really know why we sleep they know we have to sleep and that's when your body fixes itself but they don't actually know why which is just wild you thought they would i think it's because the sun went down and people bumped into each other they thought it'd be better if they mm. just lay still for a few hours you should call some of those yeah. scientists <laughs> <laughs> he figured it out Lane? i listened to a series it's called mysterious universe and it's i don't know it's just really interesting kind of like conspiracies find it really interesting they just talk about funny stuff two australian guys it's good i like it Chris? What, was it what was it called mysterious universe i've listened to that before it is actually very yeah. good they cover a very broad range of topics yeah, yeah. yeah. that's brilliant the one that i've listened to recently is called will be wild it's an eight-part series about the insurrection in the u.s and it interviews uh, fbi agents 
family members of people who are involved. It's a really interesting take on it and also gives some insight as to what might happen next. A lot of people thinking that movement is not over. There you go. Henry? I'm a bit of a dud as far as podcasts go. I only really listen to the Marcus Today ones. Equity Mates also do some pretty good podcasts as well. So I'm not really good at the whole podcast thing. I don't really find time podcasts, but I'm sure there's lots out there. Henry, I liked a couple of Equity Mates podcasts particularly, the one with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. And then the one such, you're such a lovely bloke, Ben. I, I prefer the one with Marcus. Marcus? I'm with Henry. Is this an age thing? I don't listen to podcasts. I listen to Audible and yeah. I uh, enjoy getting in the car because I can do an hour of Audible. And I do tend to now listen to books that I should have read or haven't read in ages. Things like 1984, for instance, was a recent one. I've started listening to Emotional Intelligence and How to Win Friends and Influence People, all that sort of stuff. There also a whole load of golf books i won't name those or picking up golf tips in the car is also a good one very good and mine is one of my favorite podcasts is the imperfects i don't know if anyone else listen to that it's by hugh van kylenberg who is the resilience is project footy? Footy. No. No, no but the resilience project has worked with footy clubs and he has worked with footy clubs he does it with brian shelton who's a comedian basically the concept is talking to famous people who you would assume have the perfect life and talking about all their imperfections and all the things they struggle with and whatnot the one that i was listening to last night that came out this week is with Harry Garside who is the boxer who won Com Games the Aussie boxer yeah yeah he yeah the bronze oh no he won bronze at the Olympics yes recently yes really interesting guy he said he wanted to wear a dress at the Olympics opening ceremony but just to be a boxer that wore a dress yeah. so the people are like oh I guess I can do whatever and he did ballet as well yeah as he, part he, of he does upbringing. ballet so he does, was, yeah it's really interesting I won't give it away but he does an uncomfortable challenge every month for the last three years where you just do something that's way out of your comfort zone to feel how those people would feel so the Imperfects is a really good one there's been I think there's about 50 episodes a couple of recent good ones Max Gorn Glenn Robbins Missy Higgins was one of the early ones really good and I was staggered to see the other day a little clip of Brad Pitt saying that Bradley Cooper had dug him out of his alcoholism so did you know Brad Pitt was an alcoholic anyway there you go interesting and imperfect Chichi have you got a podcast there has to be there has to be something wrong with Brad Pitt he can't sing Henry I saw I saw him at the I'm, Monday Monday festival he was useless <laughs> I, I reckon he could sing all American actors can sing and dance and act it's annoying sorry Chichi your podcast I'm a bit of a true crime buff, so I like, you know, all the, the crime ones. And there's a British one called Red Handed, which I quite like, really interesting. But they kind of a range of scammers and murderers and serial killers, but also some really like, intelligent ones. As well. I've, I've listened to a couple of those UK true crime ones. I, I just love the straightforwardness of the policeman in, in England. He's yeah. like, yeah, well, he was a bit of a mucker when he, he did it. Right, <laughs> you know. You make good policemen in the UK. I would. <laughs> back up. Hello, hello, hello. Very good. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you. Thank you.